Welcome to episode 254 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports and Crest Media. And joining me, the VP of Marketing Strategy for the Atlanta Hawks, who is now a two-time guest on the show, the wonderful and talented Meg Ryan. Meg, glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. So today's topic NBA All-Star Weekend, and we got three days of unbelievable basketball action. We got the Rising Stars game on Friday, All-Star Saturday night, and then on Sunday, we've got the actual game itself. So, Meg, let's go down each of these, and I actually really like the Rising Stars game because it features the players that just got drafted, and it's sort of their it's their showcase where they haven't reached the next level yet, and as I look at the entire All-Star Weekend, I feel like it sets a good tone and I like it significantly better than I do the uh, celebrities game what are your thoughts on the rising stars game well I'm really excited about it because we have two of our team uh, teammates that will be joining so uh, John Collins and Torian Prince will be playing and I'm really excited we're a pretty young team and this just gives us an opportunity to show ourselves on a national front that typically John Collins and Torian Prince are the two guys that rise to the top when you're just talking about the NBA overall, but these are guys that um, the whole NBA is looking at moving forward and they're the next generation of talent. So I'm excited to watch that mostly because our team will be participating, but to your point, I'm really excited that we get to showcase new talent, up and coming talent and really um, focus on the next generation of basketball. So let's go to All-Star Saturday night, which for me is the the pinnacle of, of All-Star Weekend, though that doesn't mean that it's perfect in my eyes because uh, growing up as an 80s child, loving Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan, the slam dunk contest, Larry Bird nailing all the shots, putting his finger up uh, to win the three-point contest. Let's talk about each of the individual events and sort of the thought process behind this day, because I do believe that there are opportunities for it to be better. Uh, the one thing that I felt has been the most consistent, and I believe is now the number one event of All-Star Weekend, is the three-point contest. And I think this is because of the way that the NBA game has evolved with, we see Steph Curry breaking down the barriers of how far you can shoot from now. And now, I mean, even if you look at the Houston Rockets and how often they're shooting three-pointers, that three-pointers are now part of the game. And for fans, it's a lot more relatable because there's a generation of kids now who are shooting three-pointers like the Steph Currys of the world. So what are your thoughts on the three-point contest and the popularity or the rising popularity of it? Well, I think it's actually the NBA version of Red Zone, which I absolutely love that basketball is a very different sport than football. But what I love about it is that it's so fast paced. And when you're looking for highlights and you're really looking to see those big moments, I mean, this is the NBA's opportunity to really call everything down into just a single uh, or a series of events that fans who are just absolutely passionate about watching the best three-point shooters in the world and the best um, slam dunks and all of that. I mean, this is your chance to really catch that. And I think the NBA has done a tremendous job of finding what fans are really excited about, which are the three-point shots, these slam dunks, all of that, um, and really being able to 
um, to highlight those in a way that a fan can digest and start to find new favorites because part of the problem of just having your one team in your city is that you don't really have a chance to sample what other teams have. And the NBA is such such an all-star driven sport that this really gives fans an opportunity to check out the other guys who are doing tremendous things from the three-point line. So before we get to the dunk contest, I want to talk about the skills challenge, and it is my least favorite of any of the (laughs) events because it's not as relatable as the other one. So we see dunks in games. We see three-pointers. I can relate to that. And I I get the the double dare type version that they're going with to try and show the different skills challenge, but I feel like it misses its mark. And what what goes into the thought process of an event like that? And how is it really, um, how is the success of it thought of from a league standpoint where are they going to be breaking down ratings on each individual event? Or do they look at general fan sentiment? Because I feel like it doesn't have the same pace. So if you think of the three-point, contest it's like go 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 so they're going up against the clock the dunks they're electrifying there but with the with the skills challenge it doesn't have the let's call it the top flight excitement or the drama that we're looking for like i've i haven't sat there being like oh my god is he gonna be able to bounce past this thing in there quick enough to be able to win this and <laughs> h- how is that thought of from a league standpoint well, I actually think it's kind of twofold. The first one is the much more sexy fan engagement. Um, we don't look at individual ratings. We definitely look at social sentiment, fan sentiment, and really gauge what fans are engaging with. And because the NBA is such a highlight-driven sport um, and such an all-star-driven sport, fans are really going to um, engage with all different types of basketball. But the second piece to that is really around youth basketball and The growth for the NBA and the growth for basketball worldwide has been around the accessibility of the sport of basketball holistically. So to your point, although it's more relatable when you're watching a three-pointer or um, if you're watching somebody in a slam dunk contest, those are definitely from an NBA side. Those are the brand pillars of what we're looking for. However, from a youth basketball standpoint, there is a – there is an essence and a, and a side to basketball where we need to focus on the things that make basketball a unique sport. And I think that's the one reason that the skills challenge is very important is that it's something that youth can look at and say, hey, my coaches are making me do this. Um, or, hey, for me to make the team, I don't understand why I have to bounce pass or I have to be able to dribble or I have to do these things. But then when you see your your favorite player doing it or you start to see these NBA All-Stars do it, then you start to think to yourself, okay, maybe there is a reason I'm practicing all of this. And I think from an adult standpoint and from a highlight standpoint, it may not make the most sense because, to your point, the pace is a little bit different. But I think for the sport of basketball, it's absolutely key that we start to show the importance of the, the fundamental skills. So with that, could it possibly be packaged a little bit different? Because I agree with you on the showcasing fundamental skills as somebody who grew up playing basketball and still plays basketball. Uh, I remember the days when my dad would have me dribbling with dribbling glasses on with my left hand (laughs) around pillars in a dance studio at the YMCA. 
and I absolutely hated it. I was like, why are you making me do this? But guess what? When I was an eight-year-old who was the only one who could shoot with my left hand in a layup, all of a sudden it completely changes your perspective. So now as I'm growing up and doing a little bit of basketball coaching here and there, and I see fathers and sons or kids working on their game, I'm always like, work on your left hand. It is the number one thing that'll separate you from everybody else. So with this in mind of fundamentals, could they do something that adds, let's call it more highlight appeal, because maybe that's the thing that's missing. You're just not going to see someone from the skills challenge on the sports center top 10. But what if instead, and, and this can also be part of what happens during the NBA game, there are amazing passes. So what if one of them was, boom, let's focus just on passing. So you've got bounce passes. What if we can all of a sudden uh, elongate how far they're from? Because you can very much see a point guard drop a bounce pass to somebody cut into the lane mm-hmm. or working on behind the back passes or uh, freestyle dribbling because we, we know how popular dribbling is. And that is a small part of the skills challenge. But what if we find yep. a way to add the gasoline to that fire and say, all right, can somebody throw a full court pass? into a net or a bounce pass and sort of add the highlights plus the uh, fundamentals in a better package. Yeah, I, I love that idea. I think the idea of packaging things differently so it can be received by fans who are outside of the arena or outside the event is incredibly smart. I think uh, that's one thing that absolutely the NBA could think about as we're looking at the skills challenge because to what we've been saying this whole time is that it's an all-star driven highlight driven sport and sports overall. That's how people are consuming it right now is in those snackable bites that are just those highlights that you want to see that you can talk about with your friends and the skills challenge to your point, isn't one of those. So, you know, I think there could be some interesting things, even if you kept the skills challenge as is maybe changing the camera angles and maybe using some of the other pieces of technology, maybe they're, um, maybe they're GoPros um, on the players, or maybe they're, uh, maybe we use the wearable technology that we have now that's in the jerseys to really highlight the muscles that it takes or um, the precision it takes and how fast and how far these guys are moving. Because I think being able to relate the pace at which these guys are playing to the average person is really what we should be highlighting all along. And then to your point, overlaying that idea into um, the regular game scenario would be awesome. But I think we could make it a little more sexy and we could dress it up a little bit, but um, we'll have to listen to the fans uh, this upcoming weekend and see what their thoughts are. And I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts um, overall and just send them over to me and I can, I can definitely circulate it to my counterparts. Yeah, for sure. And then the last part is the slam dunk contest. And I unfortunately feel like this is something that has been broken for years. And it it really hurts me because it is without a doubt the thing that made me fall in love with basketball. As a kid growing up in Pittsburgh, I didn't have an NBA team. But as I mentioned, I loved basketball. And my two favorite players were Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins. Why? Mm -hmm. Because of the slam dunk contest. And it was very formatted and it was very consistent. And through the years, we've we've seen uh, a lot of uh, 
testing. So some years we've seen players, there's, there's a clock on there and then someone could miss 20 times. But then once they finally made their dunk, that's the one that counts. And then this year we've only got four dunkers. But surprisingly, I'm extremely excited because we've got some young guys that I know can throw down big time. So there's, there's a few things with this. One, we now only have four dunkers compared to six or eight, which previously wasn't there. And as a fan, I feel like it's missing the consistency that allows the three-point contest to succeed so much where I know exactly what to expect every year and it's hard to know what to expect when one, the star dunkers aren't there. So when Vince Carter was there and Kobe and Jordan and Dominique, you knew what to expect. Like the, the hype was there beforehand and this doesn't take away anything from the young dunkers who we know when we see some of these in-game dunks you're like my goodness this is incredible but we still have to remember that there are casual fans and the big names of the sport being there will help so if you don't have that with not knowing from a consistency standpoint how are we scoring again do they get two dunks and it's the best score is it three dunks is it the combined so what are your thoughts on the evolution of the dunk contest and what can be done to uh i don't think save it's the word but improve it and get it to the point where it used to be because i feel like all of the pieces are still there that this should be without a doubt the crown jewel of all-star weekend yeah i think there's there's a couple different pieces to this. I think the first one, absolutely consistency and like communicating to fans what to expect is very important. Uh, because to be honest, I, th- I think you're hitting the nail on the head that it's changed and evolved so much, even over the past decade, that fans don't even know what to expect anymore. Um, and all they all they know is that there's a slam dunk contest, and there are going to be guys who are great dunkers that are going to do some incredible things, but you don't even know what to expect. And when you don't have the top dunkers in the NBA, um, for any number of reasons, whether it's injury or playing in other um, other events or they're just opting out of it, it's not as exciting. Um, and so I think um, that's kind of part one. So I completely agree that we've got to be more transparent. And I, I've realized um, over my time here at the Hawks when I was working – uh, more more deeply in the trenches on social, the more we could explain to our fans what was going on and what to expect, the better off we were and the more um, fandom we started to, to cultivate around certain events or certain um, parts of the game. So could not agree more with that. I think the other thing um, that's very interesting is the NBA is really trying to focus, and I mentioned this before, on that young talent And you mentioned that before, that it's great to see some of these young dunkers that are coming up in the game and just showing their athleticism. I think it's important that we we do continue to do that because, again, in the days of, of, you know, highlight basketball and highlight sports, you don't always get to see the new and -and up-and-coming guys because they don't quite have the name recognition that a Dominique Wilkins had back in his day or the Michael Jordans of the world. So, Um, I think it's important, and I don't even know if there's a different way, again, that we can tease it up front on social and digital, which is where those young fans are and the people who are really excited about it. Um, I think the idea of really being able to tell the story of basketball outside of that physical event is really important, and I don't know if it's putting more responsibility on the teams who have athletes that are participating. Maybe it's showing them practicing those dunks because those guys, I can tell you, 
I've watched um, some of the Hawks players practice their dunks, and John Collins in particular, who isn't participating this year because he's in another event. Um, man, I've watched him practice day after day in our practice gym, and it's incredible what he's attempting to do and the trial and error that goes into it. And obviously that's not a blooper reel, but even talking to him and watching that first-person perspective on what it takes to really – to do a dunk that's that big and that fantastic and then watching the fan reaction, I think those other camera angles and telling that story leading up to it could make it more exciting and, and actually, um, to your point in consistency, really get the fans to a place where they understand what they're about to consume. I would absolutely love that if there was a prepackaged piece, whether that's on whatever, YouTube, Facebook, or you're actually going to just run it before the dunk contest that shows the journey of these players practicing it because we see how superhuman they are and what they do, and we really take it for granted that how good they are, but we never see what it actually takes for them to try and do a 360 between the legs dunk. Like This isn't (laughs) the first time that they've tried that, so I really like that because a lot of what we're doing is storytelling here, and then it's just going to culminate with the storytelling of the dunk contest so let's get to Sunday the last thing here and we've got the 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 all-star game itself which I think is is something else that needs let's call it clarity because a lot of people say well how do we get these players to try harder or how do we get this game to matter and are we thinking about this incorrectly can it just be an exhibition for exhibition's sake, like going to see the Harlem Globetrotters, something like that? And I don't know if we're skewed because we've seen in years past, let's call it in the 80s or 90s, when like the game really mattered, but then so much has changed in terms of personal brands for these athletes, where social mm-hmm. media and the amount that you can make in endorsements was nothing compared to what it is now. So if you think of it from a player's perspective, Injury obviously has to be top of mind. So what, what's my incentive to go out and play 100% knowing that my ultimate goal is to win an NBA championship, not to win an NBA All-Star game? So you've got that sort of framework there. And I enjoy basketball so much, but it's difficult to watch uh, an un, unperfect version of it. So what, what can be done to help us as fans get in the right mindset to watch the game because maybe that's the answer is, listen, it doesn't have to be perfect, but here's how you should think about the game and still enjoy it. I mean, I honestly, and this is just a personal opinion, I like making the all-star game count. Um, I love the fact that there are other leagues that make it exciting because they're playing for something. And, I, you know, in the in the way that the NBA is, kind of developed over the past couple of years with larger teams dominating the, the East or the West, um, depending on the year, I think it makes sense to have all players really stand up for their conference and say, we want home court advantage or we want whatever that is. I love the idea of making it matter because every game, and I think this is something, maybe this is uh, me putting my old Uh, athlete hat on and thinking back to the days in college when I played soccer, but every game should count. And as a fan of the sport, I want to make sure that everything, um, every time I turn on the TV or every time I tune in or go to a game, I want it to count. And I think by making the players really work together and, and represent their conference, 
but does build some sort of camaraderie and does highlight the game of basketball because one thing that tends to get lost is that it just becomes a shooting challenge and the guys who are quite frankly, there there are a number of guys out there today that are huge defensive guys that are that have double digit steals and that's not necessarily highlighted in a game like this. And that's a fundamental part of the game of basketball. And if you made the game count, then those guys are going to have a chance to really show off their skills and even potentially have some of those larger endorsements and really highlight the NBA. So I love the idea of making it count. Um, and if I want to see exhibition basketball, then I can go to you know a preseason game, or to your point, I can watch the Harlem Globetrotters. But to me, I want to make it count, and I want to make everything – you know, I don't want there to just be a random vacation in the middle of the, the season. I really just want to see these guys play, and I want to see the best guys um, in the world play against each other in one of the greatest sports. And I agree completely with you, but the difficulty I have in the making it count from what I see in baseball is I live in Chicago. So the Cubs, when they won the World Series, were just absolutely incredible. By far the best team in all of baseball. And I don't actually remember what happened in the All-Star game that year. But hypothetically speaking, let's say that the American League won the All-Star game and they get home field advantage for the World Mm -hmm. Series. That is a gigantic thing considering that the Cubs were the best team in baseball that year that were taking an exhibition game that is supposed to highlight the game and almost having that supersede the entire uh sanctity of the regular season so that's the biggest challenge I have with it and I think it's an unperfect system because there's nothing you can really do because I would agree if it would count you're like boom everyone's going to care a lot more but it's a very difficult thing because you still have uh, the reason why you play the games is to get the get as many wins, to get into the playoffs, to get the right seeding, to put yourself in a position to win. So I wouldn't want an all-star game where there's players who aren't on your team dictating who gets home court. And we know how important it can be because how many game sevens do we see? And would you rather have game seven at home or on the road? And if it's at home, you have an advantage nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it may not be home court advantage, but I do think we've got to find a way to make it count. And I don't know what that is, but I do think, um, you know, just thinking about the way basketball is divided, you have an Eastern and Western conference. And that means that the all-star game to be like thinking about in Atlanta, we play golden state once we have it, you know, and we play those West coast teams once. And so I don't get to see them on a regular basis unless they're highlighted um, on NBA TV on a regular basis. And they don't conflict with the Hawks game or um, or if they happen to make it on TNT. And so from my standpoint, I just want to make sure that from a fan standpoint, if you have an opportunity to watch players, the top players from the other conference, they should be playing the best basketball possible because ultimately that helps the NBA and that helps the sport of basketball. So maybe it is a home court advantage, maybe it isn't. Um, but I, I think it's really important as a sport to really say, the best, the best players in both conferences should show up and they should fight for something bigger. And again, I don't know what that is, but, um, and to your point, it is a little bit of a, of an imperfect system, but I do love the idea of making it count. 
in a quick answer, would increasing the amount of dollars that are paid to the winners change that? And I don't care if that means it has to be $10 million per player because everything's sponsorable. So if all of a sudden they said, now the NBA game, East versus West, the winners, each each player from that team gets $10 million thanks to insert sponsor here, would that change it? You know, I don't... I don't know if it would be money paid back. Um, part of me feels like um, that maybe even playing for a bigger cause. Um, the NBA is such um, is such a youth-driven sport, and it's also very much focused on nonprofits and making sure that we're giving back to the local communities. And I think there's a sense of pride also that um, that maybe may. You know, maybe it's not money paid back to the players, but maybe it's money paid back to um, a collective uh, nonprofit for each um, for each conference or something like that. I don't think it's money paid to the players because I think if you just put pride on the line in some ways uh, of going back to your favorite organizations, I absolutely think that there's an opportunity for for guys to play for something bigger. All right, so we had Team LeBron versus Team Steph. They picked teams this year, but it was not televised. Uh, much to the chagrin of fans everywhere. Uh, I do like that they took a forward step of saying we're going to pick teams. I can only imagine that televising them picking teams will be next down the line. Uh, from your standpoint, is that something that you think uh, fans would love and we can come to expect uh, in future years? Oh, my, Absolutely. I think uh, I think fans would absolutely love it. I think, and even um, at the trade deadline, I mean, fans love this idea of understanding players and their relationships with each other and how they play together. And if they can pick their own dream teams, what does that look like? Um, and I just I think back to all the questions that LeBron got um, when D Wade left, and everybody's asking him what he said to him, and even Isaiah Thomas when he got traded. I mean, people want to know what goes on in the locker room and they want to know who these guys are friends with. And I think being able to watch, get a a peek behind the curtain and understanding who guys are picking and why is just like that is golden content right there. Absolute golden. So, Meg, it's time for our takeaway from this episode. I'll kick this bad boy off. And I actually have two takeaways. One, try out new things. I love what the NBA did with Team LeBron versus Team Steph. They gave it a new way of mixing up, uh, picking the all-star teams. And then number two, from the dunk contest, I do believe that you need to have consistency in your business. And I know those things are sort of contradictory, try new things with consistency, but I think that they're mutually exclusive, that a lot of things with marketing, and certainly social media marketing, is you need to have consistency in your message, how often you're post that way. Uh, fans can expect things from you what about you what are your takeaways um my biggest takeaway is really the storytelling piece the all-star weekend for me is the is the opportunity for us to tell the story of basketball holistically and we need to think about it through the eyes of our fans and what our fans really want to consume outside of just the game um, that we televise all right meg where can everybody connect with you and or the atlanta hawks um, you can follow us on all of our socials at ATL Hawks. Um, there's a lot going on here. And so follow us on Instagram as well as Facebook and Snapchat. 
And I can tell you guys the Atlanta Hawks are one of, if not the best follows on NBA Twitter. So I highly recommend you give them a look. And today's action item, I host another podcast called The Rob Cressy Show, where I have conversations with creators, entrepreneurs, and business leaders about their success mindset and excellence. Today, I just dropped the 2018 debut episode about how to create amazing relationships and unforgettable experiences. I'd love it if you stopped by iTunes, gave The Rob Cressy Show a listen, and let me know what you thought. And boom goes the dynamite.